Because you know, oh, hi, everybody. I was just saying with my brother about how I'm still getting ready for that half marathon I mentioned last week. This is A League of Hope yeah. with A League of Hope and Change. And uh, this is Change, also known <laughs> as email. Look, um, sis, you, you are, you're entering into a world where you're choosing yeah. insanity. I just want you to know that. Like, nobody said, if you do this, you will get paid. Or if you do no. this, there will be some no. reward. So no. you have chosen... Mm-hmm. To move your body 13.1 miles for mm-hmm. some reason not logical. Okay, but, but logical is that my son was teasing me because, you know, I'm going to walk 90% of it. But so that's the only logical. It's like if you're going to say, Mom, come on, then I'm going to do it because I got to prove that you're wrong. I will say, y'all, so last week I just introduced the, you know, the half marathon. I want to give you an update because people have actually asked me what's going on with that. This week, in one day or one like block of time, I walk six miles. Nice. So, I, so I'm because ha- it's thirteen miles, right? And I still have right. like seven more weeks until the marathon, eight more weeks. And so, um, my goal is a fifteen minute mile because I walk fast. So I think that you know, I I did sixteen and a half minutes for the six uh, for the six miles this week. I think that's pretty good. And then, but Emil, yeah. as my older brother, you know, us yeah. clients love to eat. The best part was. I put it in my app thingy when I got home and it said, you burned 700 calories. And I was like, what? And yeah. I called my man. I was like, bring me some Ben and Jerry's. I forgot about, you know. There you go. What? And so, <laughs> as you well know, Sophia is very well versed in marathons. Yes. And she'll tell you, I run to eat. And oh. I understand the, I understand now that the that there is a good side to this and this yes. is where the insanity pays off you yes. kind of can get what you want in like if you yes. want some ice cream you don't feel guilty anymore because you're like Ooh. i'm putting in 13 miles soon and i'm training up to that so yeah that's the lovely part those calories so, go i mean so then you can always get what you want um so just do a half marathon with your 13 year old son uh, he's now running though. He's like running fast. He, he's been doing, I don't know. He does five miles and he'll get probably to the finish line in half the time I do, but whatever. Um, so that's y'all's for week one up, update. So for everyone, your week one update on my marathon, half marathon training, since you asked, and I appreciate the support. I need it. Cause that way y'all hold me responsible and I won't chicken out. Yeah, no, you won't chicken out because a yes, we will hold you accountable. B, your uh-huh. son will hold you accountable, and you do not he want sure his is. face laughing at you, and you do not want the memory <laughs> that he will give you ten years from now when he says, "Remember that time, mom?" And you'll be like, Mm-mm, "That's not going to happen." And then on top of both of those, mm-hmm. there is the fact that you will get a medal at the end. You will get I that know. sense of accomplishment. There is a picture of you finishing. I know. I'm so excited about that. And then, but then my daughter's like, oh, but mom, you know, next year I'm going to help you and we're going to run the Boston Marathon. I was like, what? Okay. Ooh. Well, that, that, what, we're. Whoa. 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 Where did that <laughs> come from? He just ate the mic Hello. with it. I don't know. She's like, I don't have enough time to do this half one with y'all, but, but I'm like, okay, Boston, what? And I'm like, I think you get in a lottery for that, but whatever, because you know me, we have to at least try. Because if you don't try, you never know. As long as you try, you haven't failed. The only failure is when you don't try. 
I mean, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm with it today. Okay, niece, if that's where you, if that's what you're feeling, if if your heart says Boston Marathon, enter I, the lottery. But I, um, don't be surprised if you get it, because <laughs> now you got to train. <laughs> I got to check. I know the New York City one has a lottery. I got to check on the Boston one. I just assume Boston's that it's really competitive famous, too, yeah. right? It yeah, is. yeah. yeah. It's big. So I'm like, get in the lottery, girl, because if you get in, yes, exactly. We will do what it takes. Um, let, and I really we, go ahead. Let me make a suggestion. If yeah. there is a rock and roll marathon in yeah. in Boston Ooh. or near you, yeah. those are way more your speed and your children's speed because you're performers huh. and you guys love music. Yeah. So the rock and roll marathon. But when we did it, the half in San Diego, there were yeah. so many bands along the route. It was more of a party than it was a run. Ooh. Wait, but do they have like a rock and roll slash hip hop slash classical music? Because what my dream world would be to have a marathon where there's like <laughs> some Aerosmith. And then I go a little bit further and we got genuine performing. So I could be like going slow to if yo, let's do it. I just censored the version. Right. There... So I could take a cool off and then wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Then I want then I want some Mozart for some light and hoppy running. Like, you oh. know, yeah. Oh. Thematic I've, running. I kind of feel that. You do? You, okay. I feel that. I mm-hmm. will tell you that the variety of acts I saw in San Diego was yeah. very inspirational. I will say that. Oh. Everything oh, you know what, from glam rock to yeah. um, uh, country and even oh, some bluegrass. Country. <laughs> well, I got to say, speaking of marathons and helping people to reach their final goals and inspiration, you see how I did that there, right? We have a special sweet. guest on. Thank you. I just thought of that while I was talking to you. We have a special guest on today who is really specialized in helping people to meet their goals and run marath- run their marathon in life. That is the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Emil? Symbolic marathon, not the actual marathon. The the, the the one that allows you to retire at the end in there you good go. financial stead. Emil said that right. We'll be right back with our guest after this break. <laughs> Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. All right. And as is apropos for our Changemaker series, I want to read the bio and introduce our guest, Zanelia Harris. And I have a little surprise for her, too. So Zanelia Harris is president of Harris and Harris Wealth Management Group, LLC. Her passion is working with executive and professional women who are going through major life transitions, such as marriage, divorce and widowhood and women who need financial guidance to achieve their personal goals. Zanelia is a shoe lover, appreciates quality, and recognizes the power of words and compound interest. She's the author of the book, Finance in Stilettos, Money Matters for the Well-Heeled Woman. Former member of the CNBC Financial Advisory Council, a financial educator, blogger, and a certified financial planner who is passionate about finances and sharing her expertise with other women so they can become financially savvy. Connections and relationships are very important, and that's why Zanilia enjoys getting to know and understand her clients and spending time with family and friends. That's why she celebrates who she is, a wife, mother, experienced professional, and entrepreneur, and change maker, because it helps her connect to the needs, hopes, and expectations of her clients. She brings a wealth of knowledge gained from her more than 25 years of experience in the financial and accounting industry. Her expertise has been featured in prominent publications and media outlets, such as The Wall Street Journal, CNBC, 
U.S. News and World Report, Forbes, Today Money, Women's Day, Essence, Black Enterprise, Women's Wear Daily, and PBS. She resides in Maryland suburb just outside of Washington, D.C. with her husband and daughter. And this is not on her official bio, but I would like to add that I stalked her and I found out I had a I had a feeling in my gut. She is also my fellow soror, Skiwi, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, just like your host. And that makes her a queen automatically. Welcome, Zanelia. Thank you, soror. <laughs> I did not know that was coming. Thank you, Alika. Welcome, Zanelia. It's so good to meet you. I love your bio. I appreciate your story. Thank you for having me today. I am so excited to be, uh, well, first of all, to be alive and to be present. So I'm excited about this conversation. Well, I want to start with a question about grandmothers because Emil and I, uh, our grandmother, Momo, may she rest in peace, was fundamental to who we are. And when I was reading about you, you talked about how your grandmother really inspired you. Could you share some of that story with our listeners? Sure. So I grew up with my grandmother. Uh, she was a prominent figure in my life. I am very grateful to her. Uh, growing up with her, I saw how she responded to money. And her response impacted me as a young person because my grandmother was, a, in, in my opinion, and the way I looked at her at a young age, she was strong and determined and the only time I would see my grandmother actually become emotional outwardly where everyone saw it was when she wasn't able to handle her finances um, in the way that she wanted to, meaning that she didn't have the funds to pay a bill or she was coming up short. And that was just extremely impactful to me to the point that I I guess became a little obsessed about money in the sense that I wanted to learn as much as I could and I wanted to be responsible and a good steward of my own money. And in that quest for myself, it led me to my career. And mm. I am in a position where it allows me to help others to also be in a position where they can make better decisions and they don't feel you know, or find themselves in the same position that my grandmother was. That is absolutely wow. beautiful. I mean, so I, the way I interpret your story, which I think is an absolutely uh, a beautiful way to honor your grandmother is to say, for the women that are like her, I exist. So you can counsel the women who have the same spirit as your grandmother. And although you couldn't give her the counsel when she needed it, you're making sure the women who are in your grandmother's position today have the opportunity to get your wisdom. I, I think that is absolutely amazing and what a way to honor her memory and her contribution to your to your success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I look at that as is legacy. Right. Mm -hmm. So legacy is something that is extremely important to me. And what I want to leave as part of my legacy is women who, who have said that their lives changed because they encountered me. Mm. Wow. That's change maker right there. <laughs> you left me a little speechless for a second. Their life changed because of you. I'm like, oh, change maker. That's right. I'm, like that's the very definition. <laughs> so let's let's dive right in, Zanelia, because you have you know extensive experience and you do a lot of financial education and financial communication. So I want to just 
go right at the heart of the matter. What's the loudest, most prominent thing you're hearing from your clients, from the world at large that you say, I'm so glad I can talk to this topic because you hear it so much? I think right now, the biggest thing that we're hearing uh, is whether or not Social Security is going to be available to us in the future. Mm. Oh, can you expand on that, please? Mm. <laughs> no, I'm actually, that's that's a curiosity I have. <laughs> yeah. So what I tell people or advise people is this. No one knows about the future and we have no control over what other people do. What we do have control over is what we can do. And so I encourage people to look at it from the aspect of, well, what if Social Security isn't available? So mm -hmm. that statement that you get that says, oh, I'm going to get this certain amount for the rest of my life. What if it's not there? Mm -hmm. Well, let's prepare for that. And if we're prepared for that, then if Social Security, uh, we get a specific amount from Social Security, then that's a bonus, right? And then we look at that as like, well, yay, I have this extra money that allows me to, eat, do, to do all of the things or some of the things that I want to do when I want to do it. Because I think that that's important, too. It's like I want to do these things and I want to do these things when I want to do it. Um, a lot of times in life, we tend to put things off um, mm -hmm. because we get so focused on the day to day that we forget to. That's why I said initially about being present, that I'm thankful about being present, because yeah. <clears throat> as a black woman, a professional black woman, we can get on this rat race and we are just continuously running and we don't take the moments to pause, to think about the things that we want at different periods in our life. And we don't take the time to just be. Mm. So mm. this just be moment that mm. I hear you loud and clear, I actually designed my life around being present in a way that is um, very unconventional. And mm. it sounds like you're asking women to think unconventionally about their their financial future, their financial life. At least th that's the way I interpret it. And I don't think that's bad. I think that's actually a good way to, to look at it. When we come back from the breaks, Anelia, can you kind of walk us through what that unconventional thinking has led you to sort of advise others? I don't mean like in specifics, but like what are some of the things that you're seeing that you can say, if you take these things out or add these things in, your life can be more, uh, you can improve the way your finances work or the way your life works with finance. Do you mind right. if we look at it that way? Sure. Okay. And Emil, when we get back from the break, just uh, repeat that question a little bit. Okay. Because it was a little long. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tease my brother. We'll be right back after this break. Love my sister. <laughs> Love my sister. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We're back. Emil, remind the listeners, what was your question? My very long question, now shortened significantly, is, Zanelia, can you tell us how to fit an unconventional life into your financial planning? Ooh. I think one of the major things that we need to do as adults that we did when we were children was continue to dream. Mm. And Speak on that, please. Speak on yeah, that, Yeah, so getting people to tap into... 
what it is that they have been dreaming about, because I think dreams are extremely important. And as I think as adults, we tend to uh, forget about those dreams because, again, we go back into our day to day. And I believe that dreams are put into us because they are for us to achieve. And if I can spend time getting my clients to focus on what is it that they're passionate about? What is it that they have been pondering about for years, but have put it off, like tap into that. So let's start there. Because I think when I understand what it is that you're trying to do with your life, money is just a tool. And so how do I connect the money to what it is that you are trying to achieve? And I also feel that when we tap into what you're passionate about, what you've been dreaming about, it makes it easier for you to stay focused on what you need to do financially in order to get there. I like that combination of things. I was just thinking about you. So let me ask you this about the dreams. Let's say you have a woman who is, I don't know, what's the average age of retirement right now for people? Well, generally people retire between, well, it can range. It can be between the ages of like 60 and 70. Okay. I'll put it because some people retire early, which would be 60. And then okay. some people love what they do and they continue to work until they're in their 70s. So, so okay, thank you. So if you have somebody who's, who um, is, let's put them in the middle, 45. You have a woman who's 45, so she has 20 years left to retirement. And, this, and she hasn't saved anything. Um, is there still hope for someone like that? Like somebody who's listening who's like, well, you know, I did follow my dreams and I'm happy, but I don't have any retirement and I'm 45 and this is a made up average, you know, um, woman right in the middle, 65. I have 20 years left. What would you say to someone like that? Get started. Okay. But we got to tap into what it is. Again, yeah. you say 20 years out. Okay. Where are you now? How did you get? Because I need to understand the background. How did you get to where you are, right? So we understand the behavioral part of uh, your habits and uh, decision-making, how you make decisions. <clears throat> and once we focus on um, some of the things from your past, not to, because um, I like people to be in a safe space when they're talking about their money because money is extremely emotional because you never know what happened in life that, led them to where they are right now because it could have yeah. been um, well, some traumatic situations that could have happened that um, that led people to where they are, right? So we start there with understanding yeah. the past and then mm -hmm. we focus on the future. Where is it that you're trying to go? And again, you know, I'm pretty frank with, okay, these are the things that you need to do, but yeah. I, I still go back to it needs to tie to something. Your money needs to tie to something pertinent in your life because if it does, then it makes the choice that you were, uh, that you will have to make. Like, oh, I need to now, you know, put aside, you know, fifteen percent of my income in mm -hmm. order to uh, be able to uh, accumulate what's necessary. Um, I may need to move at some point in my life. Downsize. Right. So it's having frank conversations, but mm -hmm. also tying it back to what is truly important to you. I think all of those things, you stir them in the pot and you come up with something great. I think that you said that so well, because as you were talking, I was actually thinking of a couple, more than a couple of friends of mine who 
made the choice and and mad respect out there, but they made the choice as educated as they are to be stay at home moms, which I have total mm-hmm. respect for. Right. Yes. And but then they find themselves around that age, actually, that median age with like, I haven't built up savings like maybe my husband has or maybe they're divorced now and they were, you know, um, stay at home. So no income until they were 45. And I like what you just said, because in my mind, I was thinking about someone like that who when you said safe space, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have friends I need to refer to you because (laughs) they, you know, like they may now be on a really big, huge career path, but they they don't feel safe. Right. As women talking to a male financial planner, I hate to say it, but talking to a male financial planner who doesn't understand why they gave up 20 years of a career. Um, So I really appreciate what you just said. It seems like you serve. uh, You're able to listen and really understand uh, the breadth of a woman experience from being a CEO to, you know, trying to start a career at 45. I think that that says a lot about you. I just want to say that. I, you know, it's interesting. I think it's important to understand that, you know, we need to value one another mm-hmm. as humans, right? And we make choices, especially moms, we make, and not to leave our dads, dads make certain choices as well. And, and mm-hmm. there is an uptick in more men choosing to be the parent that that is the stay-at-home parent. Yep. Um, but I think in society, it's not appreciated. But there's value there. There are things mm-hmm. that you learn there because even as the and you know I love, um, I think it was um, Michelle Obama who said she was the CEO of her household. <laughs> I love that. It, right. Yeah. In that role, there are things that you're you're managing the money of the household. You're mm-hmm the administrator of your household, you're the um, transportation of your household, you're (laughs) juggling so many things. And all of those things are of value in the workplace. And it's all about how you position that. And so another thing that I spend time doing as well is getting women to value themselves. And I spend time helping them with negotiating their salary because I think it's important for us to ask for what we deserve. Mm. I'm going to pull that thread, Zanelia, just a little bit, because I think you're linking two things that need to be linked very consciously, and I love it. So you're linking how a person presents their value to the actual value they can uh, they can earn through, let's say, paid work, right? So we know that mm. stay-at-home parenting is unpaid work. It's work that doesn't have explicit uh, income associated with it. Now we're translating some of those skills to paid work where income is an outcome. So tell us where that transition happens in your mind. Like, how do you get women to see that transition where you can say, here's the link between unpaid labor and paid labor and how you value that? I think with when you look at all the things that you do and that that could be writing it all down. Let's 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 write down everything that that you say you do for your family, mm-hmm. including what you did prior to becoming a stay-at-home parent, right? Mm-hmm. And let's look at all of that. Now, let's translate that into what does that look like as far as executive function? Um and let's do some searches and see what's out there and see what what people are getting paid for these types of things, but also tying it back to, you know, understanding what is it that you really, really want to do? And where do you see yourself? um, Where do you see yourself in 
fitting into the workplace, right? And see, mm. so once we understand those components, then we can do a search and see, okay, if I put myself out here, what is the range of income I am, I can receive? Mm. And so when we when we come up with what that range looks like, a lot of times as women, women hate to negotiate their salary. It's like pulling mm-hmm. teeth. Uh, so with them understanding that, and they're saying, okay, well, this is what I'm going to ask for. Then I challenge them to think bigger. Because mm. I think I as women, that. we tend to, to think too small mm-hmm. when it comes to what we we bring to the table. So they give me a number, then I challenge them with another number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as me, I got to say, on your website, when it says who you work with, what I love is we just talk about stay-at-home moms. Then you have this... Uh, Women who have powerful titles and a string of degrees, however, so we're thinking about women like on the other spectrum of the work front, right? However, don't discuss finances because you don't want anyone to know that you need guidance or women who stay dressed to kill and drive a car that screams success. But when you pull back the layers, you're unsure how to handle the many aspects of your finances alone, which that that's those women need a safe space as well. right? Exactly. You know, I'm making one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think we all need a safe space. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times people don't feel safe when they come to talk about their finances because they assume that somebody's going to judge them. And so Mm. it's really, really important when you're having these conversations or deciding who you're going to work with, that person needs to make you feel comfortable. That person needs to listen and actively listen to what you're sharing. Understanding your cult, the cultural nuances to who you are, what what makes you tick, what's important to your family, um, all of those things are important. No matter whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're an executive, you need a place where you can literally have a honest conversation. And I will share as well that during those conversations, I do share things that I've learned. Um, I share my own experiences because to me in sharing our experiences that creates community and connection. You know, there's a reason why Zanelia was, uh, and I didn't mention this in her bio. I think for two years now, I know in 2023 that she was voted or she was, I don't know if it's voted, but you were appointed (laughs) one of the 100 top financial advisors in the entire U S on Investopedia. Is that right? In 2023, was it also 2022? Yes. Yeah, I mean that's amazing, Zanelia. That's that's amazing. Oh, that's you. a track record. That's a track record. <laughs> with, uh, not only should you be proud of, but people can people can rely on that. But what mm-hmm. you said just blew my mind, and that's that you want people to understand their personal relationship to money, and that it's a safe mm-hmm. space. So you're doing this high level um, financial advising right? For people with lots of money and people who are just starting out, but you're also making them very conscious of the connection they have to money in the emotional context. What's one of your emotional Mm. connections to money? So you're going to be, this is going to be quite interesting. Uh, Initially it was fear. Mm. Mm. Because when you grow up and you see struggle, it creates fear. So you want to do whatever you can in order to uh, not be in a situation that that could cause pain, meaning that you can't pay your bills or you can't eat or you don't have a place to sleep, that type of thing. So fear was the initial driver around um, 
why I, I decided to get into finance. But now it is about legacy and what I get to leave to my daughter. And it's not just about the money, it's about the information and the education. So as we think about what we wanna do for our children, a lot of times in our industry and what you see in the media is always about the financial part of leaving a legacy. But legacy is bigger than just the money. It's about your values. It's about what's important to your family. It's about, um, it could be education, making sure that the next generation um, get um, gets the education that you were able to get or that you weren't able to get. Uh, it could be that they're able to uh, start off uh you know, graduate from college and start their own business. I have a client that that's exactly what he what he did. He actually never worked for anyone. He found his passion in college and ended up starting his own um, business. And he's never worked for anyone. Wow. And I think that that's a powerful, powerful legacy um, that you get to, you know, pass on that his mom was able to pass on to him um, from his grandparents. Um, or great grandparents, I, I would say. And so I think that that's what's driving me now is legacy and impact. Well, Zanilia, as we wrap up, um, speaking of legacy and impact, if there are people who want to start the path to creating their own legacy and impact or who want to learn more about you, can you tell us how to contact you? Definitely. Please go to my website, www.hhwealth.com. There's a calendar at the bottom of my website that allows you to schedule a 20 minute exploratory meeting with me to learn more about me, and it allows me to learn more about you. So I look forward to um, anyone wanting to have a deeper conversation around their money in a safe space reaching out to me there. Well said. We are so grateful to have you on today's Changemaker episode, Zanelia Harris. And um, thank you so much. And we look forward to maybe having you back again in the future because so Roski we okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that ends another episode of A League of Hope and Change. We'll talk to you soon, y'all. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Zanelia. You are great. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.